0: Thank you for tuning into another episode of Folklore Fun. I'm Zira Fox. Did I just say Folklore Fun? Yes, I rebranded this podcast, since it's totally different from Tales Folks Told, and no one likes being in the shadows of someone or something else, right? It's still going to be the same content of awesome stories and interesting history, just under a cool new name. I hope you continue to listen. Anyway, where did we leave off with the Alaska series? Ah, yes. The Paleolithic people have settled into the land they found after they crossed the Beringia Land Bridge, the land we now know as Alaska and Northern Canada. They've been here for thousands of years already. They brought with them their stories and their beliefs of how the world worked. Now let's introduce a new set of players in the story of Alaska, the Russians. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the story of how the Russians came in contact with the native Alaskans. Just as the Alaskans did thousands of years ago, the Russians went on expeditions, not to settle into lands, but to find resources like silver, walrus ivory, and fur to trade, making them the first Europeans to reach Alaska. According to early written accounts, in order to go on an expedition, a government official must come along the journey to ensure that the explorers were following the rules. Semyon Desnev, a government official, was brought in by Fedot Alexiev, a merchant from Moscow, who was attempting to find the Pogaicha River, said to be abundant in furs and resources. But in 1647, Their expedition didn't go as planned. They got to the sea, but because of a thick ice buildup, the explorers were unable to go around the Chukchi Peninsula. But they tried again in 1648. And this time, Desnev and Alexeyev were joined by other representatives from other merchant houses. In total, there were about 89 to 121 people on this expedition, including Alexiev's wife, a Yakut woman. But tragedy struck this group. All the leaders except Desnev perished and most of the crew were killed or died. So Desnev sailed around the far reaches of Asia, which the Russians now call Cape Desnev. He sailed through the Bering Strait and made it to the Anadyr River. Here, it was said that his Koch, a ship specifically for ice travels, floated towards Alaska, where it landed. It's believed that a Russian settlement was founded here, however, there was no evidence found of it. So with all these stories buzzing around Russia, expeditions to the New World caught Tsar Peter the Great's attention. Another adventure was on its way. Called the Great Northern Expedition or the Second Kamchatka Expedition, ships sailed east hoping to find land and glory on the other side. On July 15, 1741, Russian captain Alexei Chirikov saw land speculated to be the Prince of Wales Island in southeast Alaska. He and some of his men rowed towards shore, making them the first Europeans to land on the northwestern coast of North America. And around the same time, a Danish explorer, Vitus Bering, who sailed alongside Cherikov, but, but slightly separated his course saw Mount St. Elias on the mainland of Alaska. Bering didn't land though. He actually turned back and headed to Russia. However, on the way back with his findings, Bering got shipwrecked on Bering Island, got ill and died. His crew built a boat determined to go back to Russia. In 1742, the crew arrived at Kamchatka with pelts and news of the expedition. This stimulated a need for Russian settlement in Alaska. Because of this discovery and news, small companies of fur traders began traveling from Russia to the islands where the Aleut people lived. However, the demand for furs and goods asked for a more permanent settlement in Alaska. Because the Russians saw that there were already people on this tundra who knew how to hunt and gather goods, they forced the native Alaskans, mainly the Aleuts, to work for them taking their families hostage if the Aleuts refused. This went on for years. If the Aleuts tried to revolt, the Russians would just kill many of them, along with destroying their boats and hunting tools so they wouldn't survive. From 1741 to 1799, 80% of the Aleut population perished, either from the hands of the Russians or by the diseases the Russians brought with them, which the Aleuts had no immunity. The Russians continued to hunt and retrieve resources from Alaska until the 1860s, when they realized that the population of animals were slowly declining. Along with the overhunting, the competition with British and American hunters, and the difficulties of supplying and protecting a colony. This led Russia to sell Alaska to the United States for seven point two million dollars, which is one hundred five million dollars in 2020 terms. Next week, we'll be talking about Alaska and the United States, but stay tuned for the continuation of the retelling of The Raven Myth by Katherine Barry Judson. After the man finished eating, Raven left him by the creek as he made his way to the edge of the water. There, Raven looked at the man and the emptiness of the earth. So he decided to make some animals. By the water, Raven took two pieces of clay and shaped them into mountain sheep. He held sheep shaped clay in his hands until they were dry. Then Raven called the man over to see what he made. The man looked at the clay in Raven's hand and said it was pretty. Hearing the man's reaction, Raven asked the man to close his eyes. Seeing the man had his eyes closed tightly, Raven changed into a bird, flapped his wings towards the sheep-shaped clay, and suddenly the sheep came to life, trotting away. The man opened his eyes, amazed at the sheep moving around. Raven looked at the sheep, and then at how amazed the man was of the sheep, and said, if sheep would be plentiful, people might try to kill them and the man agreed so raven said it would be better if the sheep lived up on the steep rocks so they will survive only there will people find the sheep raven wanted to make more animals so he took more clay and shaped them into tame reindeer He held the clay pieces in his hands to dry, but not as long as the sheep. Then he asked the man to look at the clay in his hands and the man liked it. So Raven flapped his wings and the tame deer came to life. The man saw white spots on the tame deer because they weren't completely dried in Raven's hands. Raven said that that the tame deer wouldn't be as numerous as the sheep. Raven took more clay and made caribou. The way he made the sheep and the tame deer, but he held the clay only a little while. So the caribou was brown, except its belly, which was white raven said the caribou would be plentiful like the sheep and many people would kill them after creating the animals raven looked at the man seeing that he was alone so raven decided to make the man a companion he found some white clay further away from where he got the clay he used to make the animals and shaped it into a figure almost like the man. He took some fine water grass from the creek and secured it on the figure's head. When Raven was satisfied with the shape of the figure, he flapped his wings and the girl came to life. Raven saw the girl and she was beautiful with white fair skin. He walked over to the girl, who was looking around, confused, and said, Come, I have a companion for you, and leads her to the man. Thanks for listening to Folklore Fun. I'm Zira Fox. Tune in next time for the history of Alaska and its stories. And remember, tell your story. You never know who's listening.